Hello, beautiful basketball fans. Welcome to this week's episode of We Have a Take, the What Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at We Have a Take. I'm Cassidy, and today it's just me and my co-host, Shit's Creek meme expert and a coffee drinking partner in crime. It's Tara. How are you doing today, Tara? Hi, Cassidy. I'm doing awesome because I think you can see I have a new sweatshirt, oh which is blazer themed, and I will describe it for our friends who can't see it. Uh, it is from uh, the folks at Blazer Gang, and it says Mellow Strikes Back, and it's written like Empire Strikes Back, and I love it so much. And I was like so tired and so like not feeling like doing this and then this came in the mail and I was like yes I am so energized right now so I am very excited about this I got it from blazer it's blazer gang and their website is blazergonian.com so I recommend if people want to go look for some fun blazer stuff they also have a t-shirt that has Gary shouting bang bang and I was super close to buying that I saw that one today but I kind of had a um during the minute during the Minnesota uh, loss, I kind of went on like a shopping spree and I may have also bought a ukulele. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, it was a, that game was a, ro- there were some roller coaster games we have had and uh, we're recording the day after the New Orleans game. So, I mean, what a roller coaster indeed. Um, yeah. There were times where it felt like we were on a roller coaster that just like lost its track and just like plummeted and then somehow got back on course. It was a wild game. But you mentioned your sweatshirt and it is Star Wars themed. And it's kind of funny because I have an icebreaker that is Star Trek themed today. So I was wondering if you had to pick NBA players to be the captain and first officer of a starship that you were traveling on, who would you pick and why? Okay, so this is a really well-timed question because I just watched Wrath of Khan the other night, like in between the Minnesota games, I had to cleanse my palate. Um, so uh, I what I like about the about Wrath of Khan is that's the one where, uh, you know, Kirk is like the admiral and he doesn't have a ship anymore. So when I heard this question, I went to like, who would I like to like be the second generation of, you know, taking over? So like, obviously it would be for, you know, Damon CJ would be like my first pick, but my, my next generation, although not technically next generation, that's a different series. But anyway, um, (laughs) I would love to see Gary and Nas Little as the captain and first officer. I think Gary would be the captain and Nas would be the first officer. What about you? And in that scenario, I have Anthony totally as the science officer. (laughs) That is And Harry is their um, security officer. Mm, That is such a good one. Um, So of course, in my mind, I was like, it's gotta be Damon CJ. And then I was like, I gotta come up with another one. And then I was like, no. (laughs) Fair enough. It's Damon CJ. That's who I'd want leading the ship. Uh, and I, Rip City knows why. I mean, the leadership, the amazingness. You'd have this, you'd have CJ kind of, I think, sometimes poking fun a little bit with Dame so that, you know, he doesn't get too serious in his captainhood. But still, you know, as serious as Captain Dame will be, will be. But you're going to need that fun element. And in that situation, of course, Yusuf Nurkic is a security officer. Like, Oh, yeah. Duh. So, I mean, we could talk about this. I mean, this could be an entire 
five part episode as far as I'm concerned. But okay, but wait, I before you move us on because you're so professional, you're gonna move us on. But I'm gonna stop you for just one sec because this is Star Trek talk, and I love Star yeah. Trek talk. Okay. Do you have a favorite movie of the movies? And I'm I'm like I have I'm like so far behind on all like the remake ones. So I'm talking like classic ones. Okay, classic. Um Oh gosh. My my favorite is definitely Wrath of Khan, although I have to admit that I usually fall asleep like 20 minutes before it's over. I'm pretty sure I know how it ends. <laughs> wait, that's the one that ends with Spock in the Oh wait, I don't I can't give it away. Okay. But then, but the next one is called Search for Spock, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is indeed. And I would say that my favorite, as much as people are going to, please don't give me crap about this. I love cheesy things. And I think my favorite is The Voyage Home, the one where they saved the whale. I love that one. That one is it's so funny. Oh, so good. It's, it's just hilarious. And, um, I don't know. I'm more of a series person than I am. I've seen all the series, all every Star Trek series ever made and every episode of every one ever made at this point. Um, I married into this. It uh, <laughs> wasn't an option. Um, well, he didn't have an option about... into a Blazer yeah. family. I also married into... Yeah, the Star Trek family. So this is how that worked. But um, yeah, the one where they saved the world. I, I... Spoiler alert. I like that one. Yes, whatever they do say the whales. Well, I like that one because like Spock is funny because like frankly Spock is so boring to me. Which I don't know. Come at me, I guess. Whatever. But like every time I see Spock, I'm just like, Ugh. I will. Oh, but he just like he's just like Mister. Here's some wisdom, and it's like do something fun. So that's why I like the voyage home because he's silly. Your face is like no. Yeah, it is a. I know. I mean. In this house, we had to take a day off when Leonard Nimoy died. So well, I appreciate um, Leonard Nimoy. I just find Spock is just like he just always brings the room down. Like if I was in the room and Spock walked in, I'd be like, oh. But then Kirk could walk in, and I'd be like, sweet. And like that's why it's like kind of fun to like imagine like Gary as the captain because he's like more like Picard and like super serious. And you know, like the thing yeah. that the thing that makes Kirk work is that he's like not like that he's like goofy or whatever okay I'll, I'll stop talking about star trek now i promise yeah <laughs> okay. clearly i could go well on. <laughs> as much as i'm sure people would want us to talk about this for hours and days and you've probably now discovered something about both of us uh that you may not have known if you're a regular listener <laughs> or wanted but, to know uh we are looking at the second or yeah well welcome to our new lives <laughs> of star trek basketball themed episodes um where was i okay so we're looking now at towards the second half of the season we are kind of shifting gears we're past the all-star break we're starting to see players come back from injury we saw cj mccollum last night we're hearing harry is coming back soon and i'm hearing nurkic is going to be here within about a week week and a half so we want to look back at what the most valuable aspects of each blazer on this team have been in the first half of the season and kind of our hopes and dreams for those aspects in the second half of the season. And these aren't things that necessarily are going to be statistical. They might be, I don't know, but they're also just the aspects of the fact that a team is made up of a bunch of people and 
they all contribute something to the whole. And I think we lose perspective on that sometimes because when you're watching Damian Lillard score 50 points, it's easy to think he's doing it all. But you have to remember that there are other people distracting other people so Damian can score 50 points. And other things are happening and people are cheering and stuff is going on. So without further ado, we are going to get into this. So Tara, Carmelo Anthony, what is our most valuable aspect to Carmelo Anthony in our first half of the season? Okay, so um, for me, the most impressive thing about Carmelo Anthony in the first half of the season is that he adjusted to coming off the bench, and uh, that was huge. That was a big question going in. It was like, how is he going to take it? I mean, it was a big question for a lot of people. Like, I didn't... You know, I, I figured that as somebody who'd been a starter for 16 years or however many years, it might be an adjustment. And it did appear to be an adjustment. And he admitted that. But you know what? When other players went out and there was an opportunity to slide him back into the starting lineup, he didn't necessarily take that, you know, role. Like, he didn't demand it. He, Other players got the starts, even though he could have, you know, maybe thrown around his uh, veteranness and said, it should be me. But he didn't. So... That's what I that's what I'm taking away for like the most important contribution for Carmelo in my book. How about you? You know what? I'm going to have to agree on that one. I had not really fully thought out. I kept on thinking of just like how much fun it is and how much fun it is to also just watch him be on this journey of breaking records. Mm-hmm. And I think that that adds a level of fun to the season that I think you desperately need in the middle of a pandemic. And so I think that's fun, but honestly, the adjustment to that role has to be the most valuable aspect to what has happened this season for him. Um, What are you hoping to see from him in the second half of the season? Um, You know, being able to keep up his fourth quarter quarter performances is really great. But the other thing is uh, he could be a little bit of a grumpy Gus out there sometimes. And, uh, you know, usually he recovers from it, but sometimes guys really get under his skin and I just kind of went, you know, you know, Mello, you, you don't have to get worked up about that. You're Carmelo Anthony. Like, don't let this young guy get under your skin and, you know, don't get a tech, you know, unless it's like good for the team at the time for building momentum. So, but like, I mean, that's just like the tiniest little thing. I just could not be happier with like like you were saying just like what fun it has been to watch him especially on nights where he goes off and you can just see all the haters just like shriveling up like the head in Beetlejuice you know just like that's what I pretend happens to people who don't believe in Carmelo when he has his nights yeah um yeah I have to agree with that I think the other thing I really want to see from him in the second half is something he's already doing but that's just bringing that veteran presence because as we approach the second half of the season and, you know, don't want to jinx anything, knock on wood, but, you know, possible playoffs, um, having someone like Carmelo is awesome because, I mean, maybe he hasn't played those championships or whatnot that you're expecting him to have played as a player of his caliber. But you know what? He has those experiences in so many elements and he knows basketball. He knows basketball so well. And I'm just excited to see as we get into those more intense games, how his impact is impacting the younger players as well. And I think we talk about this a ton, how much fun it is to see young players interact with their heroes. 
And I think you put that in the playoffs and like what's not to love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So we could talk about Carmelo Anthony similarly to we, the way we could talk about Star Trek. <laughs> but we're going to keep this moving and we're going to talk about another player and that's Kelgen Blevins. Now, not a player we're used to hearing a ton about, but we're going to go through the roster here tonight. And so what I am thinking is, what have you liked about Blevins so far? You got anything? I like it when he goes in because that usually means that there's like a, a, a big lead, which is great. Um, um, I haven't really seen that much, but, you know, he's one of Damien's family members and that's good, right? He... To have family around him, we know how important that is to him. Yeah. What about absolutely. you? Absolutely. That is exactly kind of where my my theory is going. And although we haven't seen a lot of him from the season, the positives I feel like might be more behind the scenes things. Uh-huh. So the fact that we know Dame has gone through a hard, you know, a rough year and a half, and having his cousin on the team, someone who's with him when he's traveling, also family member that way, and also he Kelgen also had a a recently had a baby as well, similar to the way Dame had the twins. And this adorable baby girl is a uh, Team Blazer baby superstar, as far oh, as I am concerned. I so need the to addition, check it out. The addition of this adorable little one, I mean, the joy that this must bring to a whole team. It, the joy it brings to me as just a fan of the team. Ugh. So I'm going with just Kelgen being around. <laughs> I love Blazer babies. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the second half of the season, I'm really thinking just continuing to see his enthusiasm when he has the time to come in, being ready to play when he comes in, because I think it's easy to sit through the majority of a game and come in for four minutes and maybe not be ready. But he doesn't ever appear like out of it. He's like, Mm -hmm. "Okay, you want me in the game? Okay, I'm in the game. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing. Doesn't matter if we're up by 30 or whatever, or we're down by 30, I'm going to play basketball. And so I'm just excited to watch him continue to be in that role and grow as a player mm-hmm. when he has the chance. Agreed. Yeah. Any more things about Blevins or should we move on to our next? Let's link? move on. And I, I get it that we're doing this alphabetically. So who's next? Yeah, we are because that's the way the ESPN roster was. <laughs> um. Zach Collins. Oh, Zach, we hardly know you. Um, I will say that he's gotten a little bit more adventurous with his uh, fashion lately. Did you notice his pants last night? Those were some, those were a, a bold choice. I think he Loving had, the, was he the one with the stripes? Like, I believe so. Sort of odd, wide, like circus pants stripes. <laughs> like, yeah. What's going on? I so, was living for it. You know, if that means that he's like putting himself out there, because I think before he, you know, got into the NBA, he was pretty much just like a basketball shorts and, you know, t-shirt guy. Uh, as I recall, I don't think he was like a big fashion guy. So, you know, you know, if that means that he's growing and growing into himself, then awesome. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that and just the bench presence. The fact that he's standing up when good things are happening. The fact that he's cheering. You know, it's easy to, as a player who's not playing, to even kind of get almost bitter that you're not out there. And I don't see that at all. I see just the, as much as it is disappointing that he's not out there, and I'm sure he feels it. I mean, that's that's someone who wants to compete. Of course you're going to feel it when you're not playing. But I mean, 
that adds to the drive later on. And so, but to see him cheering on players, cheering on his team, still being part of the team, despite the injury, that's a big plus for me for the first half of the season for Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the second half of the season is, we're probably not going to see Zach play for the second half of the season. Um, he had the surgery uh, on the shoulder, and so we're not expected to see him. I think there was a possibility he'd be back before playoffs, but that was, like, not real. I'm not sure. I just hope he's getting better, getting stronger, feeling better, because shoulder injuries are hard recovery. As someone who's been through shoulder surgery before, I want him to recover, and I want him to continue that bench presence. And I think... He's doing what he's got to be doing right now. So good for him. So we, oh, yeah. No, I was looking that up. Well, yeah, because he had the shoulder surgery first. Did he have another shoulder surgery? Was that followed up by ankle? Oh, it was the ankle. I feel feel like, I mean, the point is, is that the guy has been recovering from various maladies for a couple of years, and that sucks. I mean, it really does. That sucks. A poor guy. Yeah, it does. And to still be positive on the bench while doing that is just, it shows a lot of enthusiasm and character as a teammate. And so I respect that a lot. And I can't wait to see him again whenever that happens. (laughs) Someday. Um, Well, because Zach Collins is out, this guy is working a little extra hard too. And that's Robert Covington. Um... Our first half, Robert Covington, what a journey we've been on with our new player. Um, from maskless to mask to mask getting thrown off every game because someone's hitting him in the face. Again. Um, again and again and again. Uh, so what first half aspect to Robert Covington do you feel has been most important to the team? So I think he's been the most capable defender. Like he's the person that you don't have to worry about. And so many times in games when I'm just kind of like watching a bunch of other stuff, all of a sudden it's Robert Covington who, you know, comes out with the ball. It's And it's like, oh, like, because he's, you know, I guess he's moving in the context of the game rather than trying to be like all one-up man, like trying to just like guard somebody as viciously as possible one-on-one. He's like doing, taking that extra step and being like the team defender and suddenly he comes up with the ball because he passed. So I think, uh, I think, I actually think that outside of Damian Lillard, he's the person most responsible for keeping this team afloat. Like more so even than like Cantor and without CJ, I really think that if it wasn't for Covington, the Blazers, I think Covington won them some games. I think Covington won them some games and Mello won them some games. But I think because of Covington's, you know, reliable defense being the old, like literally the only player who, you know, I don't know. It's so weird. Like, cause like the game last night, You'd see moments you'd be like, oh, look, they can totally play defense for like five minutes. And then, you know, and then it's like, oh, they did it again. So it's like, it's there. It's just not there all the time. (laughs) But Robert Covington at least is there all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because the thing that I wrote down was just how in the moment he is when he's on the court. Mm. Because there's been so many players that we have had in the past that you can watch them think while they are on the court, what they are supposed to be doing. And you can see their brain going. Mm -hmm. And with Robert Covington, it's just, I am doing. Mm -hmm. There isn't that, like, 
we're not watching him trying to process what he has to be doing. He's just doing it. And it's wonderful. That's such a great point. It's just wonderful because it's instinctual with him. And it's not instinctual with all players. And I think we take that for granted sometimes. Um, or we get frustrated with it when it is we're dealing with someone who maybe isn't as instinctual as Robert Covington. And so it's a balance. But yeah, I feel like Rocco is in the moment, always ready to be doing what he needs to be doing. And so in the second half, what is the aspect you're looking for him? To me, it's just keep going. You know, it's just keep that's it keep going just you do you robert covington mm -hmm. um that's and don't only... lose the mask always wear the mask yeah the mask <laughs> is working for you and also you get hit in the face too much that i would like to protect your face just for your own well-being because ouch um <laughs> well our next player that we're gonna move on to has also been a lot on the bench and that is our beloved Yusuf Nurkic. Um, so I know what my favorite part of watching Nurkic so far this season is. Go for is. it. Okay. Um, Nurkoise, Nurkwa Marine, <laughs> all yes. of the Nurkwa Blue, Nurk Blue. I had so many good ones and then I lost whatever I was writing that down on and I only ended up with Nurkoise and Nurkwa Marine. But. I mean, the color splash on the bench has been spectacular. And I feel like Gary and uh, Dame's shoes now kind of go with the mm -hmm. theme of Nurk's turquoise life. And just, I mean, you can tell when Nurk is on the bench. And I've heard this so many times. I heard Brooke say it the other day uh, on another pod where you know when Nurk is in the building. Yeah. You just know it. You know whether Nurk is on the bench or not on the bench, or no matter what, you're going to feel Nurk's presence, whether or not he can be on the court. And that is spectacular. I mean, that is a spectacular element to have on a team. Um, what have your What is your first half of the season highlight for Nurkic? I mean, it's really similar to yours, but my thing with Nurkic is I was super worried after he got injured again that he was going to be alone and that he was going to have a hard time. Like we know that he did after he broke his leg, you know, there was articles about CJ going and checking on him regularly and people being worried about him and just not even having any contact with him. So I was really happy to see that he threw himself into uh, continuing to be a part of the team i mean it obviously it wasn't as big of an injury but in this year in this pandemic that's so weird you know he could have just you know faded away but the other thing is i was so i was i was so impressed and uh excited when they did that piece on about him on the jump about the charity work that he's doing yeah. in his hometown in bosnia amazing uh so for people who maybe didn't hear it he donated fifty thousand dollars worth of PPE to kids, uh, in hospital or fifty thousand dollars worth of PPE kits uh, to hospitals that were struggling during the COVID situation. He donated forty thousand dollars to help rebuild the roof of a hospital. He built homes for three single mothers with families. He donated food packages, 
helping 12,000 people and he donated mammogram machines so that women could have access to mammograms. So like as a female center podcast, I absolutely want to acknowledge all yeah. the stuff that Nurkic did specifically for women. You know, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Incredible. So, mean, so and cool. So cool. Yeah. I mean, you just love him and mm -hmm. you love everything he's doing and that he stands for. And just clearly his spirit like exudes presence everywhere. Like they, he just is who he is and it, it makes people happy. And just that's so cool. You know what I was just realized? He's like a mascot, but without a suit. Like that's him yeah. for real. Like that's yeah. he wears his personality on the outside. Like you're so right. And we're this so is used why to why I like, love him so much. It is, right. He's just like naturally he's that type of outward personality. And you know, Damien is very I don't want to say closed off because like I don't know he's him personally. Poised. Yes, and he doesn't you know, he's a very, you know, uh flat aspect. He doesn't get too up and too down. Nurkish is all up and down. <laughs> And we appreciate that about him. Yeah. It takes, as we were saying, it's a team. And there's balance to a team. And if everybody was Nurkic, it'd be a real wild ride. But you need a Nurkic. Um, and if everybody was Dame, I feel like that would be a tense locker room sometimes. Uh, so you never know. But for the second half of the season, we're going to get to see him on the court. And I think we're going to get to see him go from being the heart of the bench to the heart of the court again. Uh, what are you excited about, about that transition? I am excited to see him rumbling down the lane because that's one of my favorite things is him just rumbling down the lane. I'm excited to see Damien, you know, lob, not lob, because we're we're not, I'm, I'm not in favor of that. I love the split the defender bounce pass. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to the uh, Nurk and Dame pick and roll and, yeah. You know, just going back I'm, to back to that. Yeah, I'm so excited to see him be happy on the court. Mm -hmm. Just be on the court and be playing and be happy and also pick and roll. Um, <laughs> those are what I'm and rebounds and maybe some defense. Um, so Yusuf Nurkic, we cannot wait to see you. Another player that is coming back soon is Harry Giles, the third. Um, Harry, what do you, what is, what has impressed you in this first half with Harry? I mean, I think we had obviously a uh, pretty limited exposure to him, but just his attitude, you know, and he'll go on and if all he needs to do is get rebounds, he'll get rebounds without having to worry about scoring, you know, and, uh, I just, I, I think he's just a nice personality and they seem to enjoy having him around. I wish that we saw more of him. I wish that we had the luxury of being able to play him more when he is well. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who has listened to us knows that I'm beyond excited to watch Harry play and watch Harry play a lot more. Um, and I think watching the way he also interacts with players while he's on the bench too, I think it just speaks to the team culture because all of these guys could have, could check out for a week. You know, they could take that vacation they want to take, but they're not. They're locked in and they're ready to be there whether they can be on the court or not. And so I just, it speaks so much. And I'm, I'm hoping Harry becomes the one who can throw lobs. 
Ah, sure thing. Because he can see a passing lane like nobody's business. So you're right. Maybe he should just start looking for those lob lanes. Um, uh, second half of the season, we're just looking for Harry to keep being Harry. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rodney Hood, uh, coming off of an injury, uh, a big one. So it's been a process and probably getting back to everything for Rodney. What have you liked about Rodney this season? Um, I like it when he does his spinning jump shots. That was my favorite thing about him before he got injured. And so every time I see him do one of those, I'm just really happy. Yeah, I think his greatest impact on the court has been the times that we've needed a bucket and he's able to just provide a bucket. Or sometimes it's just providing a good shot, whether it goes in or not, because then it just maybe that one doesn't go in, but then it produces another good shot. And so I think we saw that the other night where he missed it. But then the rebound and the way he was positioned immediately had the defender be had to go back up on Hood, leaving Gary ready to shoot a three and make it. So, you know, it's a balance, and I'm excited for Rodney just to continue to feel better mm-hmm. on that leg. Because I think, how scary must it be to go from an injury that's that impactful, involves that much you know, rehab in Mm -hmm. a similar way to Nurkic, obviously, because that's a horrific injury. And then to have to go out there and physically be that physical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't imagine because like you come off an injury and I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to like jog. (laughs) I might jar something like hurt it. (laughs) And like you've got okay. I'm going to come off this Achilles and then I'm going to go play in an NBA basketball game. Right. Then I'm going to go run into Carl Anthony Towns. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just excited for Rodney to keep, keep improving this season. Yeah, man. Those last few games have been so, so physical. Um, And I think for the second half for me, for Rodney, I want him to be able to do something to kind of silence all of the people who are complaining every time he's on the court. Um, I was, I was pretty surprised last night that Anthony didn't play and it was Rodney Hood. I thought we were going to like kind of try to keep developing Anthony, but for whatever reason, Stotts decided to go with Hood and boy, people had a lot of opinions about that. And one of my pet peeves is when uh, people use adjectives to describe the player and not their play. For instance, Rodney Hood was terrible. Like, I'm okay if you want to say Rodney Hood did not play well. Rodney Hood had a bad game. Rodney Hood struggled. But when you go to that, Rodney Hood was bad. Like, listen to yourself for a second. Like, if you hear yourself, I'm not going to, like, try to police everybody, but I would just invite people to listen to the way that they talk about people. And that's one that Mm -hmm. I hear a lot. And I wish that I didn't hear that so much. I agree. And, yeah. Maybe that's something that that we all can work on in the second yeah. half. And Rodney Hood could just keep on being Rodney Hood and we can all yeah. work on the words that we choose to describe the players. <laughs> Absolutely. And then also, I am a big proponent in the fact that I think coaching is also a game upon a game. And so I think that when you're playing teams, you're looking for certain elements and you're trying to test things out 
see if certain things might work better than other things. And then maybe, you know, you known Anthony worked against the Pelicans in this way, that way, and the next way. You don't know how Rodney can, you know, do that. And then what would what was going to happen later in the season if you face the Pelicans in the playoffs? And what happens if maybe Ant wasn't available? Then you already had that backup plan in place because you knew what was capable of happening. And it just... You might need to do that more with blue role players. <laughs> okay, fi- okay Stots people. I just don't understand the constant complaining. And it's like every decision is be all and end all. But the reality of the situation is this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And you know what? There are decisions that are made to see how things happen. And you know what? You don't have the binder. You don't have the playbook and you don't actually know the extent of everything that is going on. So if you want to complain about the defense, complain about the defense. Yes, it's it's hard to watch at times. We get it. But you know what? You also have to realize that there is a bigger plan in place and it drives me up a wall because I get it. You want to win every game. We all want to win every game. But how many people have won every game? <laughs> let's see. Zero. So let's remember that, you know, there are good games, there are bad games. You learn from all games. And you learn from changing your lineup and doing different things. So, and guess what? We won. I know it was rough and it was a crazy roller coaster. And Damian Lillard, you know, did what Damian Lillard does, but. That's the joy of having Damian Lillard to coach. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you the know, people who are mad about him not answering questions, like, what did you say in the huddle? What did you say in your work meeting? <laughs> like, excuse me. Like, I just, I can't. I can't yeah. with the, I can't with the constant complaining because if you want to be negative all the time, Why? Then why are you watching this? That's what I Why always, are you watching this? If this why makes you this... so miserable. Yeah, like, come on now. Like, I can't with people who aren't seeing the positives right now. Because this team is doing remarkably well without CJ and Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins. Did like, you see what I tweeted yesterday about their record? It's, like, really beautiful. Like, last year, this time... They were, well, yesterday before the game, I tweeted last year at this time, they were 16 and 22, and this year they're 22 and 16. And then somebody was like, well, what were they like after 39 games? And I was like, oh boy, let's go see. And after the they were 16 and 23. And here the Blazers are, 23 and 16. It's like this beautiful symmetry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're doing better than we were. Okay. Yeah. I can't, but we need to move on to our Let's next player. This was a fun intermission. You're welcome. Please don't come for me. Cassidy's going to fight somebody. She's inviting people over to the yard, yard again. <laughs> oh, no. Um. Well, we've welcomed him with open arms. It's airplane mode. Derek Jones Jr. What has been our first half moment of excellence from DJJ? 
I love his hustle. I just love that he's always hustling. And I was watching him uh, do a dribble the other day that had real chief-like qualities to it. Uh, but what I just love about DJJ is he just does everything with his whole self. And it's just yep. it's fun to watch. And sometimes he has Alpha Rukaminu type dribbling uh without even having the ball like he runs around like when he plays on defense he does some twists and some spins like he had this beautiful cool thing where he was like going over his screen and he flipped on it which was able to mm -hmm. get him for like a moment actually guarding two people at the same time and i was like i was not expecting that but that was cool so yeah i just love watching him run around and hustle yeah i it, he just always looks like he's excited or exhausted there's like <laughs> Nowhere no in between. in between there he's ecstatic or exhausted and you know what he has like three children of course he is um anyone living with children sounds about right yeah good job um my dog is making lots of noise oh okay well i'll talk for a sec while you check on him um about the um what I want to see for the second half, what I'm hoping for, for DJJ. And what I'm hoping for, for him is that, okay, I'm going to go against what I've been saying this whole time. I would like to see him take more lobs, but I want them from CJ and Mello. Okay. That's fair enough. That pass from Mello, which wasn't a lob, but was an amazing pass in the game. It was just like, oh, that was great. But I but I think CJ and Mello can lob to Derek Jones Jr. all that they want. Here's why I don't want him taking lobs from Damian Lillard. Why is Damian Lillard throwing lobs? He could just throw it in the bucket, and that's worth three. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, he should lob it. And I'm like, why would he lob it when he could get three points instead of two? So CJ and Mello, you are uh, the ones I'm going to be watching. And Harry, I'm looking at you yeah um yeah absolutely i agree and i just i hope derrick jones jr gets some good sleep um <laughs> in the second half of this season too so he can keep being the ball of energy that he is um so next takes us to ennis Cantor. um and i think we've said this a lot in the first half of the season but he's being the best backup starting you know the best starting backup center in the league right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I can't disagree with that. Um, and in the second half of the season, I'd like him to be the best backup center in the league. Perfectly put. I'm not going to add anything to that. Excellent. Um, so, and I also want Cantor to get some sleep because it's been... <laughs> It's been hard. I think he's starting to show that he's tired. He's and like, okay, I'll take, I'll take I think everybody back. Teams have figured out as if they just crush the glass, they're gonna get, you know, like what's Canner supposed to do against four people on both ends every time? <laughs> so I think Not he's much. getting a little tired. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the man, the myth, the legend, our MVP, Damian Lillard. What have we loved about the first half of the season with Lillard? I mean, what haven't we loved? Uh, but I've, I, I narrowed it down to something super specific. Okay. I'm loving how he throws himself in to take a charge at the end of a critical game. 
even if he gets called for a foul, I love that he's doing it because you know what? Teams are going to have to start planning for that now. Oh, Damian Lillard's going to throw it, jump in there and try to, and if that bends what their plans are, because they know Damian's going to go in there, I am all for it. Yes. Yes. All of that. What do you want to see from him in the second half? Okay. This this sounds, this is going to sound absolutely terrible. And I'm like the biggest spoiled brat ever. Because Damian Lillard is so good and he has the ball so much and he's responsible for so much of the scoring and so much of the offense, some nights the first 42 minutes of the game are kind of boring. I know it's not terrible to say. So I want him to like just throw in something new, like except for lobs. I want him to just like come up with some new fancy thing that he does like, oh, he did this backward pass or like just some silly thing that's new that I can watch for. Because yeah. I'm just Even so used to like him being excellent. Even if it's like a new excellent. celebration. Yeah. Just something new. And like, you know, and I know that, you know, he's a man who appears to be like a creature of habit or whatever, but we know he always is learning how to do new things. So yeah, just surprise me with something fun. Well, you heard it here. I know that's terrible. That's, I mean, that's a terrible thing to say, but like, so I, I, I'm also kind of like struggling, like, because I've been watching a lot of teams that have a lot of young players. So I'm having a little bit of rookie envy right now. Um, like, not that CJ Ellaby isn't just a lovely young man, um, but, you know, he's not Precious Achua, which, you know, or like uh, Tyrese Halliburton or Tyrese Maxey, who I love. Anyway, um, so. Yeah, I've been watching all these young teams that are like doing like 50 million things all at once because they're all young and excited and they want to prove everything. And so like we've been watching basically the same team do basically the same thing for like six or seven years right now. And it's exciting. I love Damian Lord. Like, don't get me wrong. But like my brain is just kind of like, ah, you know, it's like when you watch the same TV show over and over and over again, and they don't like introduce any new characters. Sometimes they introduce new characters like Pookie the dog, and it's like a complete disaster. But sometimes they introduce new plot lines, which are fun. So I'm just looking for just like, you know, a new little plot line, a little new little plot twist. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, that's going to bring us to Nasi or Little. Uh, because I don't have a segue from Damian Lillard because it's hard to move away from him. Um, so what are we looking or what have we seen from Nas? I mean, we didn't see Nas for the first little part of the season. He was recovering from COVID and now we've gotten to see him and oh my goodness, how much fun. He really is. Uh I'm at. I don't want to go on too long because I know we're getting long on time. I would just say about N the thing I love about Nas is that he looks and acts like an experienced NBA player and he makes the, he makes, he does the little things and it's, uh, it's great. I love it. Just keep, keep doing it uh, and hoping for the, for the future. I'm hoping that means that he's going to have his regular minutes are going to continue. Yeah, I agree. And what I want to see him continue in the second half of the season is just the fact that we've seen him improve little things every time we see him. And so if he can keep doing that, like, the sky is the limit. Um, so keep on going, Nas. We're excited to see you play. 
Um, which is going to take us to our other kind of young, young and going player, uh, Gary Trent Jr. What have we liked from Gary in the first half of the season? I mean, for me, I'm just glad that his shooting has continued for the most part, has con- has has kept up. You know, he's had a few little slumps, but by and large, like, when Gary has the ball in his hands, it's, like, likely to go in. At least it's yeah. getting to be likely enough that people are starting to play him more. And, like, yeah. that's kind of what we want. Even if he doesn't take the shot, we want people, like, having to decide to defend him. And Absolutely. that seems to be – that seems to be happening. And, and – uh, but what I'd love to see him work on in the future is that uh, finding ways to add value when he actually isn't scoring, because I think uh, he's not there yet. But I mean, understandably, he's still just getting used to playing. A- he's playing a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. so he needs to figure out like, oh, if I'm not scoring, what should I be doing? And part of it, I think, is a you know, as a result of that offense that we've been watching for all these years, which is guys standing around and waiting for Damien to do something heroic, which has been working. <laughs> but I would love to see a little initiative um, to you know give Damien more options on offense and maybe uh, a little bit more, uh, a little more activity on defense or a little more. Maybe not activity, but just get a little bit smarter about defense. Yeah. I think, yeah, I w- I'd like to see the defense get a little bit more consistent, as consistent as he is on the other half. I'd like to see that consistent on the defensive half, but I like his fight. Like, he always has that, I'm ready to go. Like, he will, he will jump on the floor. He will get that ball. And I always appreciate that. Um, And just, I mean, the consistency element and the fact that he's kind of picked up that one trait that we see from Dame a lot, which is if Dame misses a three and gets the ball on the next possession in the same spot, he doesn't miss. Like, it's very rarely two misses from the same spot in a row from Dame. And I've seen Gary start to pick kind of that up. We saw it a few times the other night. It's like he misses one, and then he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get that the again. ball, <laughs> and I'm going to do it again, and then they know they can pass it to me from now on because I got you. Like, And so I'm excited to see more of that from Gary. Yeah, um, and I like what you said about him being consistent because uh, I feel like I don't didn't speak quite right when I you know said that he wasn't uh, – I can't remember what I said about his defense, but we've seen moments of it. But oh, like yeah. you said, we just want to see – see it more consistently and so and like so if your shot's not going in tonight you're the one grabbing the rebounds like you're going for every rebound or you're going for the steal something like that yeah absolutely but as we see in this team sometimes goes on and off on defense um (laughs) as a whole as a unit so i think as a unit we could all embrace uh gary's second half aspect um how about CJ Ellaby? We have not seen much of our rookie, but what have we liked from seeing him? Well, CJ already had his Sacramento game, as that's what I keep telling myself. Because yeah. you know how Anthony had that last game of the season was his Sacramento game that mm-hmm. everybody talked about since. Yeah. <laughs> CJ's already had his, you know, that game against the 76ers. So good for him. He had like a breakout, you know, a remarkable game real early in his career. So that's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Had a remarkable game. He plays the minutes when he comes out there. He looks excited to play. And from everything I've read and heard, it seems like 
he's really fun to have around the team. So yeah, keep on being CJ Elby, CJ Elby. Stay patient uh, and stay ready. Well, our dunk king, Anthony Simons. What have we loved about first half ant? Well, up until yesterday, <laughs> it was nice to see him getting regular playing time. So I was kind of I was kind of bummed about that. I felt like he was making some strides. And I feel like a marathon, you know, Tara. A marathon. I know. I know. I just uh, you know, I I did like that we got to see you know, more than just a handful of Anthony minutes in the first half. Yeah. I hope in the second half when he does play, I would love to see Anthony be one of the guys who contributes to speeding up the pace of the game. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, he's kind of a go, go, go player. So it makes sense to kind of have him in and be playing those moments where you just want to run down the other team mm -hmm. to an extent. And I think who else better than someone who can legitimately fly. Right. And, you know, if he's getting those fast break points, you know, easier path to the, you know, like go to the bucket. <laughs> you don't have to stop at the three point line on a fast break. <laughs> you can go all the way and use some of your slam dunk champion uh, ness to slam dunk yeah. it. Absolutely. If I liked dunks, I would like that. Well, we're excited to see Ant the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll see him in those minutes. But, you know, it's a marathon. Sometimes you got to test out everybody else. Um, so that brings us to last but certainly not least. We saw him again for the first time after a little bit of a break after the broken foot. CJ McCollum, he's back. Um, what did we love from CJ in the first half, even though we didn't? Get to see oh as God. much as we should have. I missed CJ so much while he was out. Just he's fun to watch. It's fun to watch all the different ways that he can score, all the different ways that he can break down a defender. That's all really fun. But my favorite thing seeing him in his first game back was the effect on Damian Lillard. And to me, one of not his first possession, but one of the first possessions, he was double teamed. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Look at Dame over there with not two or three people on him. And it was just so like, oh, my God, that must make Damien feel so good. And like at the end of that game, even though he had Damien had to score 50 points and CJ like wasn't great. It was like his first game back or whatever. He was fine. He had a great first quarter. He had a great first shift. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it wasn't like CJ, you know, 26.9 points a game is back. But I just think the act of... Being of him being back on the court, Damien having his friend back, knowing his friend is okay, and the other team knowing they got to guard that friend, like made Damien's job that much easier. And he just looked happier at the end of that game than I have seen him in a really long time. And I really think a lot of it is because CJ was back. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, just, and then the time we did get to see CJ play in the first half of the season. He was spectacular. He was amazing. I mean, spectacular. And so, obviously, coming back and only being able to play in those seven-minute increments makes it really hard to get into a really great rhythm, especially for a player like CJ who plays extended minutes. But I don't think it'll take long. Mm -hmm. That he provides 
Yeah, because I don't see CJ coming back when CJ doesn't think he can be back back mm-hmm. within a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Just I just don't see that as something he would do. I think that the time that CJ was out was like, so this is what it looks like without CJ. Everybody who wants to, you know, we already had addressed the people who wanted to fire Stotts. Now we're addressing the people who wanted to trade CJ. This is what life without CJ looks like. And of course, Yusuf Nurkic was out, but I really think that, and even, even the fact that there are, there was only one center on the team, I still think that CJ being out was a bigger impact. I think CJ is a must have and Yusuf Nurkic is a nice to have. What do you think? Ooh, I still, I think Nurk is a must have because I think the way Nurk is and is a big man, other big men are not and aren't like, and that's not to say that CJ's game isn't unique in its own way because it, it very much is. But I think Nurkic's game is unique in a way that the team is built around that uniqueness Mm -hmm. to an extent. And so I think that when we see Nurk come back, we're going to see a lot more smooth basketball. Like, I think we're not going to see as sharp up and downs as we're seeing right now, just because Nurk is very unique in his skill set and the way that he contributes to this team. And so as much as I think CJ is, as well vital to this team doing what it needs to do and what it wants to do. I think with as many talented guards as we have, people were able to pick up that slack to an extent. Is Damien going to have feel the relief, a lot less pressure and all of that having CJ back? Absolutely. I think it also happens again when Nurk comes back. And yes. so I think I I want them all. No more injuries, please. Knock on wood. Um, but I think for me, Nurk's game is so uniquely woven into what this team is trying to do. Yeah, you make a really good point about what Nurk, how Nurk fits with Damien, because you know it's like when you have somebody who the two of you elevate each other and then there's when you have two of you next to each other doing the same thing at a super high level you know and that goes back to the you know them being redundant you know damon cj being redundant like i am perfectly happy with having damon cj be redundant and i also like how dame and nurkic complement each other um i just feel like at some point they could find somebody else to compliment. Not that I, I feel cut. I sound like I, first of all, I said Damien was boring and now I sound like I'm trying to trade off Nurkic. So I should probably just stop right here, <laughs> but your point is well taken. Um, yeah. I think we both agree that they are both vitally important to this team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't, you can't really, everybody on this team is important and this is what this whole activity has proven to us yes um, is yes that every element is vital in its own way um we did, we did it think, we made it through all of them we did the other point to that nurkish thing is for me i know we were gonna end this but i had this in my brain go for it is 
when CJ went out, it forced our young players to step it up. It forced those young guards to kind of learn other aspects, bring other things. With Nurkic out, I think we've just exhausted Cantor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like I, do, I don't think it was a matter of like stepping up because he's the only other center in re. I mean, I guess Rocco, but like. I mean, though, if they'd had, if they'd been fully loaded with Zach Collins and Harry Giles, it would have been different. And fortunately, knock on wood, our guards were mostly able to stay, the rest of our guards were mostly able to stay healthy. But I think the important thing about the second half is that we're going to just wish everybody has great health. Robert Covington continues to wear his mask because that's his Superman, uh, that's his magical thing that makes him magical yeah. gives him don't wear it even if people stop hitting you in the face make them yeah. stop i know i know it's just there were a couple of hits at the beginning of last game and i was like are you kidding me cj gets back and now was somebody f- f- twisted and i was just like oh it was derrick jones dame. jr went down oh yeah and, I was and dame like, got that the hand injury in the first oh like, yeah we aggravated that and i was I like I we did not bring this. cj back for dame to get hurt in the first three minutes of no. this game like absolutely no, not none um, of that none of but that. i think that just seems to be something that's lingering that he seems to be dealing with an icing after every game so hopefully I, it feels better soon goodness gracious damian lillard please be okay what that man plays through what that man does for this team and for this community is just it's like it's outrageous Wild. and we are so lucky yeah. but you know we should probably wrap it up there we probably should Um, we did a good job getting through all those players though i'm impressed yeah but uh we want to thank everybody so much for listening uh tara where can people find you on twitter you can find me on twitter at tcb biggs and uh yeah why don't you take us out of here it's like you know wait i have to say something remember at the end of the minnesota game like I swear to God, the universe was trying to give the Blazers this game so bad. They were like, like uh, Ingram missing two shots and then like them throwing it in off and just like that horribly. For the Pels game. Botched in. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, just in Minnesota. Yeah. And that game was like, the universe was like, please just take this game and win this game. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, oh my there God, were Blazers, so many just moments. take it. Just take it and win the game and finish it. So sorry, I didn't it's, mean to interrupt it's you. Absolutely true. There were so many moments. I was like, how did Ingram miss two free throws? Okay, please. How did he just knock it out of bounds? Okay, please. What was um, that inbound? That was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I don't know, but I I loved when they cut to Van Gundy's face after it. He was like, Why did this just happen to me? Um, but you know what? That's what happens when you can't keep your mask on, Van Gundy. Um, okay, well, and you can find me at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter, and if you have made it this far through our crazy rantings about the first half of the season and what we love about the second half of the season, you can subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts, and if you enjoy, please leave us a review and tell us your own hot takes on Twitter at We Have a Take, and until next time, we just want everyone to be happy healthy and cheering for CJ McCollum as he just takes over for a little bit to give Damian Lillard a break and go Blazers.